Do you struggle with self-control when it comes to your online behavior? If so, Plucky might be the filter you need. With Plucky, you decide ahead of time which sites are safe for you, and then Plucky locks in your settings to keep you from self-sabotaging in a moment of temptation. It's a self-control filter that helps your long-term intentions win out over your short-term compulsions. Take courage, take control, get Plucky. To learn more, visit PluckyFilter.com. That's Plucky, P-L-U-C-K-Y, Filter.com. Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries. Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Our guest today is Sarah Siri. She is a mom and ministry leader who cares deeply about helping parents, especially moms, to understand God's design for sex and sexuality and how to disciple kids to navigate a sex-saturated culture with hope and confidence. Our conversation today unpacks many of the challenges parents face in dealing with sexual struggles in their kids and themselves and how the gospel of Jesus applies to these challenges. If you're a parent who needs hope and help on this topic, listen in. For more information about Sarah and her group and coaching ministry, visit badchristianmoms.com. For more resources, visit bebroken.com or check out links in today's show notes. And please rate and review the podcast after listening to help others find it. Now, let's get into today's conversation with Sarah. Well, all right, Sarah Siri, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, I was excited to be able to to connect with you because one of our staff members who actually lives in Portland, the Portland area, um, kind of had a neat connection with you through a different ministry and somehow your name landed in my uh, on my desk, and he said, "Hey, I think this would be a good a good guest on the on the podcast." And so I said, "Sure." So I reached out, and I'm glad we were able to make the connection. Yeah, me too. So uh, we're going to be talking today, um, as we do often and almost always on this program, about the topic of sex and relationships, <laughs> and we're going to be talking about it really kind of in the context of family. So why don't you tell our listeners just kind of how you got into this space of what you're doing with, with coaching and, and uh, really uh, with what you're doing, a lot of ministries seems like with moms. Can you talk, talk about that? Yes. Yeah. So my ministry is with moms. It's called Bad Christian Moms, um, which I like the connection with Be Broken. I think there's, I think we might have a similar um, undercurrent there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I started um, this ministry coaching moms, and originally I was doing six months of um, kind of an intensive coaching program with my clients, and it was a lot of um, work on managing your mind, um, paying attention to your emotions, digging into your vocation, dealing with guilt and shame, kind of some of those basic things, all but all sort of related to being a mom, raising kids, being a wife, um, all of that, and and exploring how does the gospel apply to all of the brokenness that I find in myself now that I'm a mom? <laughs> um, and after I started, not, I mean, within a year, I think, of starting it, though, I realized that there was also a really big need to talk more about marriage, more about sex, more about sexuality, and, and talking with kids about sex. Um, and so I ended up expanding my, my main program to a year so that there was more time to build the foundation and then also explore some of these other topics 
um, while also applying that foundational stuff of taking your thoughts captive and being responsible with your emotions and all that. So, yeah. So, so what was that like even for you in terms of a personal journey? Because it's one thing to kind of get into a space and start to to try to, to to minister to others and try to help them, but I'm always, I'm always curious what what motivates someone to get into this particular kind of space of ministry where you're willing to openly talk about sexual topics and things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's it's kind of like there's two pieces: why I started the coaching program, and then why I also wanted to talk about sex, and they're definitely connected. I just, I really like talking about things that nobody else wants to talk about. Um, and I like, um, so I like, you know, when I first became a mom, um, or before I became a mom, like I thought I was gonna be really good at it. I was getting a master's in counseling. I was, you know, like master's level parenting classes and learning about emotional intelligence and just really thought I'm going to be so good at this. My kids are going to be so emotionally intelligent. (laughs) And then I became a mom and it was so hard. And, um, so much came out of me in terms of anger and resentment and bitterness and boredom. Like there was just so much coming out of me that I was not expecting to have to, to learn about myself, you know, and see in myself and really almost seeing myself anew as a sinner. Um, and then thankfully through my church, like seeing how the gospel applies to that here and now, here and now in the shame I feel here and now in the rage I just displayed towards my poor family here and now, like the gospel applies to me now. Um, So it was kind of this like, you know, sort of reawaken the joy of my salvation, really Um, Mm -hmm. having, getting to, getting to apply the gospel to the brokenness in my motherhood. And then I would say like parallel to that, I have always like wondered what does a healthy, good sex life look like in marriage? Like I know my husband and I, like we, it's been one of the things we have fought about from the beginning, sex and cleaning. Those are the things we fight about the most. They always have been, and they always probably will be. And I have always wanted to, to talk more with people about like, what does a, a good sex life in a marriage look like? Um, how do you talk about it? You know, especially differing sex drives or different pasts, differing pasts, you know, brokenness. Um, what does it look like for it to be good? Um, and, and so then getting to lead my clients into that discussion has been really fun and exciting for me because it's forced me to do more research and really, you know, discover all these other ministries that I did not know exist, existed, like Be Broken. Um, and it's really been a fun, like, journey of learning for me, too, finding um, finding all these resources and then getting to share those with my clients and, and discuss that stuff together. So, yeah, that's great. So now I think, uh, you know, for most parents, um, they they love their kids. They want the best for their kids. Right. They want to they especially for those of us who come from a Christian worldview, we're given that um, that admonishment to, you know, train our kids up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We want to give them that foundation. Um, And so I think a lot of parents then, when it comes to the topic of sex, say, okay, what are the resources that I need in order to basically, quote unquote, you know, teach my kids um, how to understand this topic or how to deal with it? How important, though, is it that these parents take an honest look and assessment of their own brokenness, their own misunderstandings, their own confusion around what a biblical sexual ethic means, 
How important is that? And, and how would you address that with the, the moms that are out there wanting to know how to help their kids, but they need to look in the mirror first? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's not just that it's important, but it's actually, um, the, the best way to do it, the, the most authentic way to do it, the fun, even the funnest way to do it. Um, because ex exploring your own brokenness, um, as a Christian, um, it doesn't have to be this like shame ridden, <laughs> um, like shame, you know, it doesn't have to just send you to shame and, and bury you there. It can just lead you to the gospel and rejoicing in what Christ has done for you. Um, and, and I think that that actually is one of the best moments and opportunities to share the gospel with our kids is, is through our own stories of brokenness. Um, you know, just working with my clients, I always tell them like, you know, it's right, right after you lose your temper and you come back to your kids to apologize to them for that. Cause you shouldn't have done it. <laughs> um, that's a wonderful time to share the gospel with them and, and, and rejoice and invite them into your rejoicing that your sin has been forgiven. Um, and so I think the same thing with, um, talking about sex, sex and sexuality with, with your kids is like sort of accepting that about yourself. Like, um, you know, I, I, my sexuality isn't per my, it's, it's not even just that my sexuality isn't perfect. My sexuality is all jacked up, <laughs> like, because I am as a sinner, I am just all turned in on myself. And that includes my sexuality. I am just all curved in on myself. Um, and, and that's displayed in my sexuality too. Um, but Jesus Christ, um, like he, um, has given me his own righteousness and it, in that includes like sexual rightness, sexual righteousness. So when the father sees me, he sees that he sees sexual righteousness, which is weird to think about. Um, you know, but I think that, it, but that's just such a joyful place to be, um, to be talking about sex with your kids, you know, that, um, and, and it sets them up too, I think, cause you know, it's like my goal as a mom is not actually to make my kids be good. My goal as a mom isn't to make sure my kids, um, are, are sexually pure. Like that's not my main goal as a mom. My, my main goal as a mom is that my kids will know where to go with their sin that they will know that Jesus is the friend of sinners, that they will understand the gospel, that, that they are a sinner, um, but that um, Jesus has paid for it all. And he doesn't want anything to stand between him and them anymore. Not their sin, not their shame, not their anything at all. Like he's done it all. Um, and yeah, so I think shifting the, the focus from, I got to do all these things and check these boxes and have these conversations so that my kids will be sexually pure. Like they cannot be sexually pure apart from Jesus Christ. Like they have to have purity given to them as a gift of, you know, his grace and righteousness. So, um, now how does that, how does it look practically then for a mom or just even a parent to, um, to be, to be navigating these things simultaneously, to be navigating both what they need to deal with in their own lives regarding their own brokenness and their own journey while their fast growing kids are in their home, how, how would you coach a, a mom in particular who's saying, oh my goodness, I just realized when I wanted to, you know, uh, start having conversations with my, my little toddler about body parts and being honest and open about these things, 
that man, it just triggered some some old trauma memories in me, and I just realized I've I, how do I deal with those things simultaneously? How do I continue to be be healthy and present for my child and try to help them grow up and also at the same time deal with maybe things that are in my past that I've never really totally uncovered or dealt with. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like a really great heads up. Just what you said, you know, that as you start teaching your kids, stuff might come up for you. So having a place to talk that through a safe place to talk about that, um, you know, if it's trauma, then counseling, is, you know, um, great for that. Um, or, you know, coaching or even like good, um, you know, really good, um, friends and Bible studies and stuff like that, depending on the, depending on the people, it really depends on the community, but just knowing that like, you'll need a place to probably process that and talk about that and get really good feedback on that. Um, but I think it can also like, it can be just a really like a, a natural journey to sort of, take as a family, like as the parents are learning more about their own like biblical sexual ethic and then seeing how they can bring that up with their kids. So like over the last year, it's obvious, you know, it's been a big topic on my mind. I've been learning a lot more about it and thinking a lot more about it. And so I'm looking for like opportunities because my sons, I have three sons and um, seven, nine and 12. And like, they're never going to, they're never going to talk to me about it. (laughs) My, like, I know some kids like ask a lot of questions. My kids don't like, they're just, they're not that curious about it and they're not going to be asking me questions about it. And so I'm looking for the, the opportunities to talk to them about it in age appropriate, um, Mm -hmm. moments and age appropriate language. And so, you know, with my youngest two, seven, a lot of it is just, um, you know, like, um, God created us male and female. Isn't that cool? Like, you know, if something comes up about a boy or a girl or, you know, some, it's actually, you know, comes up more and more with certain cultural things going on. But, um, but actually God made us male and female and like, that's a good thing. Like it reflects something about him that he's like, he is three persons and there he's, he's both like, the same in those persons, but he's also different in those persons and getting to talk more about some of the theological like implications of our sexuality. Um, you know, and, and we can get more in depth with that the older our kids get, but, um, yeah. So let's define some terms. So both you and I have said the phrase biblical sexual ethic. Um, how would you succinctly, which may be difficult, uh, try to, define that or describe that to someone, recognizing that obviously we can't go into the entire unpacking of what that means. I mean, there's there's a lot in that. But if you were to simply try to tell somebody what you mean when you say biblical sexual ethic, how would you describe that for someone? Yeah. So, I mean, the phrase is just basically what the Bible says about sex and sexuality. And okay, so to succinctly describe my biblical sexual ethic, um, well, you know, he created um, sex to be um, in a covenant relationship between a man and a woman, Um, this like um, committed, lifelong um, covenant relationship um, is where like sex should happen. Um, And it in part reflects Um, or somehow, and it, you know, is kind of a mind blowing thing, but somehow that relationship, including the sexual part of it reflects Christ in the church 
I think probably mostly through um, in the vulnerability and in the pleasure and in the intimacy and the closeness, the knowing and being known, um, that is a reflection of Christ in the church and, and, and the relationship between Christ and the church, that it is vulnerable, it is um, full of joy, um, and it is we are known and he wants us to know him like intimately, closely. Um, but you know, we have screwed everything up (laughs) and, um, including our sexuality. So Mm -hmm. we are all sexually broken. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's nobody's exempt from that. So Jesus Christ was the only one who lived like a sexually perfect life. Um, but he, he lived that life on our behalf so that he could give us his own righteousness Um, so that nothing would stand between us and the father anymore. The curtain has been like torn in half and now we get to, we are like caught up in his life with him. So we, we live his life vicariously through, through him. And that includes his, um, sexual rightness. Um, so we get to, so now as believers, and this is kind of where I get a little like excited is like, we don't have to. Um, we don't have to wallow in shame. We don't have to like, um, feel like a drudgery in our sanctification. We can like joyfully grow and move towards sexual wholeness and reach out for more of, um, of what is good and more of, um, what he, you know, the fruits of the spirit and, and, um, living life in the spirit and all of that. We can reach out for more of that in like a playful, joyful journey, um, it doesn't have to be this like, you know, shame filled drudgery. <laughs> I just got to make myself, um, you know, be a better person. It's like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter about me and, you know, whether or not I'm a good Christian or not. Like he, he is my goodness. He has given me that righteousness and now I just get to grow with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of what I'm hearing you say is cause I'm also thinking of, uh, you know, the person that's listening who is um, is single. And I know we're talking about families. I know we're talking about parents. And we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about how we have some of these conversations with, with our kids. But I'm also hearing what you're saying in that overarching, beautiful understanding of God's design of even our bodies and sexuality and how it, it is a picture of the gospel is that even for the single person, the idea of sexual longing is put in there ultimately to point us to God. Now, some people think that's totally weird, right? Wait a second, my sexual longing is only about connecting with another person, right? No, no, it's actually, I love the fact that God has given us that picture of marriage, but actually what he's put in us is meant to actually draw us beyond the picture, that it's really about what you're talking about, that deep intimacy. Now, let's talk about how, because you've got you've got kids kind of in those middle years, Um what does it look like for a mom to take this amazing, big, huge, beautiful idea and start to deliver it to your children at various ages and stages of, of their lives? What does that look like? Can you unpack that first a little bit and maybe provide some, some encouragement and maybe even some practical ideas for the moms out there that are saying, I've got a seven-year-old or I've got a 17-year-old and I, you know how, do, how does this beautiful story get communicated throughout their they're growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is to really like get into the story yourself. Um, I mean, it's, it's captivating really. And, and, you know, I, I of course have heard, you know, they shall become one, leave their father and mother and become one flesh, you know? And it's like, I had heard that a million times, but it wasn't until recently that I was like, 
wait, like, you know, learning more about what that really means that we're talking about like ecstasy, <laughs> like we're talking about pleasure and ecstasy and knowing and vulnerability and like really being known. Like he, like Jesus said, um, you know, let them, what did he say in that prayer to the father? Let them be one as you and I are one. Mm-hmm. Like he wants oneness with us. Um, and so really getting into that story, letting yourself be captivated by that in a way where it's kind of, it just is, you just going to kind of bubble over and also give you more of that language of, of, you know, not only Christ in the church, but the Trinity too, that he's, he's three separate persons, um, living in oneness. And then we get to get caught up in that oneness with him and, you know, and, and you're, you're your parents' marriage, you know, so if I was talking to my kids, like, um, you know, my, our marriage is like a reflection of that, a reflection of Christ in the church and also kind of a reflection of, of, of the Trinity, like three different persons existing together as one. Um, let's see. So I'm trying to think of like more, um, specific stuff for talking to kids. So like I said, with my youngest, um, it's definitely, um, you know, he's, he's, he's more interested in bodies. And so talking more about like gender and, um, you know, you're a boy and I'm a girl and isn't that cool. Like, and, and, and that is a reflection of, you know, like I said, those, those two different things coming together, um, and becoming one is a reflection of, of God. Um, well, well, and I think, um, you know, I think, I think it's probably harder for for parents to think in terms of yeah how do i actually communicate this beautiful story because the reality is is one a lot of them don't know the beautiful story um and and two is like you said maybe they haven't entered in themselves into really experiencing understanding that story so typically what i think most parents are looking for a lot of times when they are wanting to talk about the topic of sex is a problem has risen up or a fear has risen up because of they see things going on in the culture. Pornography is looming in their home somehow. So can you talk a little bit now about the challenges to this story and this message that are common in our homes, even as Christians, and how do you address those with this gospel message related to sexuality? Hmm. Yeah. So let's take let's take porn, first of all. That's the one, probably one of the most common challenges in our culture that parents are going to face with their kids is the whole issue of pornography. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm a little bit jaded, but, um, but you know, I think you, I'm sure you know the statistics of like how many men in church actually look at porn. It's like, you know, so I think in a, and, but cause I think you can, that can be juxtaposed. Like the reality of that can kind of be juxtaposed with this, um, you know, sort of a, a mom being shocked, like, oh, you know, and, and just devastated that their kid, you know, is looking at, not that it's not a devastating thing. I don't want to minimize that. Um, but I guess I just see everything as like an opportunity for the gospel. Like, yes, your heart, like wants to just serve itself. Like that's who we are. Like we are, we're selfish. We just want to, we just want our own pleasure. We want to take pleasure for ourselves but the thing is that God actually gave you a sex drive and that's a good thing. He gave you that sex drive so that it would drive you 
to another person, to drive you to a woman so that in that marriage, you guys get to reflect Christ in the church. And that is an awesome, fun thing. And like, you are totally going to fail along the way. Your your um, future wife's probably failing along the way too. Um, but the gospel is sufficient for that. Um, the blood of the cross is sufficient for all the ways that you're going to fail. Um, you just keep pressing forward toward toward the wholeness, toward the goodness, toward the gospel and the grace. Um, and, you know, and appreciate your sex drive and like see it as a good thing. Like it is a good thing, but it is meant to drive you to another, um, not to drive you to a screen to please yourself. Um, you know, so yeah, trying to have those conversations and, you know, as much as possible, trying to have them before they're like in the midst of this very addictive, um, you know, habit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I hear, I hear, and one of the things that I think I hear you saying in there is, you know, I love the idea that you say, hey, listen, every every moment is an opportunity for the gospel. How would you also maybe help parents reframe failure as not just opportunities for the gospel, but also opportunities to learn? Because that's a little bit of what I'm hearing in that too, is it's because I think a lot of parents come at it as like they've got a particular outcome that they have in mind. And if, you know, little Johnny doesn't basically come out of their family looking like a rose, I mean, all <laughs> is lost. There's almost like this fatalistic view towards the stumbling journey of life. What encouragement would you give to the mom out there that maybe is feeling that, feeling that hyperventilation of like, I have a vision for my kids. And if it doesn't get met, you know, the sky is falling. Everything's, you know, lost. Oh, man. I mean, you know, not to be callous, but like, give it up, girl. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's not going to do the kids any favors. It's not going to do you any favors. It's not, and, and I mean, the thing is that it's just not scriptural. Like that view of that hope is not a, a scriptural view of, of who we are as sinners. Like we are dead in our trespasses dead in our trust, but like apart from Christ, we, there, there is no good in us. And, um, so the changing the, the outcome that you're going for rather than the rose or however you put it, you know, um, hoping for an outcome of being like, when he sins, he's going to know exactly who to go with that. He is not going to be afraid of coming to God with his own sin because he's going to, um, you know, he's going to know those arms are open. He's going to know that blood is sufficient, um, so yeah, I think that would, I mean, that would be, that's something that I, I feel like I harp on a lot is again, that, that my goal as a mom isn't to make perfectly like well-behaved kids or, or perfectly sexually pure children. Like, um, it's, it's to make sure that when they leave my home, um, they have the, the humility and the knowledge to know where to go with their brokenness. Mm-hmm. What are some other obstacles? Yeah, no, that was good. What are some other obstacles that you see facing moms and parents around this whole topic of sexuality with their kids? Um, oh man, I don't know. There's quite a few. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, sometimes the the two parents have different ideas of how and when and should we even talk to our kids about it. Um, there's a lot going on, of course, in the culture that um, is, I, I think that it's almost like making us afraid to talk about it because 
or at least I've experienced that. Like I kind of want to avoid the topic because I don't want anyone to misunderstand me and then twist it into something that is like hateful, you know, or like bigoted or something like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's becoming, so it's becoming, it, sometimes it's at the point where even just saying like that, I believe God created sex to, um, be in a marriage between a man and a woman. Like that's a pretty offensive thing to say in our culture right now. And so I think it can discourage a lot of parents from saying it to their kids. Cause then, you know, they go and say it to a friend or they go and talk about it at school and like, they might get in trouble for that, like real trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's an, that's an interesting place for us to find ourselves. Yeah. Well, we've got just a few minutes left, but I want to just ask if, if there's just any other tips or words of encouragement that you want to give to the moms out there that are, you know, navigating different seasons with their kids and, and trying to, again, raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, but do that specifically around the topic of sex. And then also um, share with us any any resources or any anywhere that um, moms can get more information about what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm, you know, repeating myself, but really like that really is my heart, though, is that the gospel belongs everywhere, like in in you know, the bitterness in your own heart, uh, the resentment towards your husband, the anger you're, you know, yelling at your kids or the shame that you're feeling at night or your your past sexual brokenness, your current sexual bro- brokenness, which might include like never wanting to have sex with your husband. <laughs> like, I mean, everywhere, like the gospel belongs everywhere. And because of what he has done for us, we actually have the opportunity to just joyfully grow with him and with each other. Um, it doesn't have to be drudgery. It doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't even always have to be hard. It can be fun and um, it can be like a, a moment for connection and vulnerability and growth together. Um, that's, that's um, you know, that's kind of my, the heart of my ministry is um, a, com- a group community coaching program um, where my clients and I, like we dig into all of this stuff together Um Yeah. So if you want to find out more, I have a website, badchristianmoms.com. And then my free Facebook group, um, I do some free trainings in there. Taming Mommy's Temper Boot Camp is our like signature event. Um, And so you can join the free Facebook group and start to get to know us. Um, And then we have two client groups, a membership group um, and then the the more intensive group. year-long program. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we will we will be sure to put all that in our show notes. And and Sarah, this has been a great conversation. And and don't ever feel bad about feeling like you're on a on a loop <laughs> with talking about the gospel. I think that's the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be something that's constantly dripped into our lives. In fact, one of the things that I that I say to myself in the mirror every morning, and I'm telling it to guys all the time, is like you have to preach the gospel to yourself every day. I mean, we don't yes. ever get away from it. It's like it is the foundation of our transformation. And so I want to encourage yes. you, keep keep be- beating that drum. And um, and yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to share with us and to, to step into this space and do what you're doing to help moms. Yeah, I'm happy to. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, check out the show notes. We're going to put that info in there about, um, about her website. And, um, of course, if you need... Uh, help just navigating whatever season you're in, please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to connect with you. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. 
Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.